So, what happens when you ask ChatGPT to write an intro for Campus Comics Cast? Well, this is what you get. Welcome to Campus Comics. Meet our cast of lovable characters as they navigate the ups and downs of college life. From the overachieving student government president to the slacker best friends, our diverse cast will have you laughing and relating to their experiences. Join us as we follow their adventures and learn about friendship, love, and personal growth. Get ready for a wild ride on Campus Comics. What the heck was that? But anyway, <laughs> thank you, Chat GPT, for that intro. This is episode 151 of the Campus Comics Cast. My name is Scott Reed, and I am joined on this episode by Mike Atchison and Chad Schubert. And of course, this is the Campus Comics Cast. No love or personal growth will be occurring in this episode. What but is that Chat PT? Said, what's that? What is Chat? Chat, oh, you don't know about Chat GPT? It's the AI that develops. Yeah, uh, it's it's a that's oh. an artificial intelligence created by the Open AI um, Open Source Consortium, <laughs> and basically it's 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 in the news a lot right now because okay. uh, you can go to this, you can type in, write me a paper. Okay. On, yeah, yeah. You know. Prince in the 1990s, his Purple Rain album, and it will generate a paper for you. And then you can, yeah. students are turning those things in uh, as assignments. So I thought, well, let's just have it write an <laughs> right. intro to the Campus Comics you know, cast. At least the intro is really not, it's harmless. The yeah. paper, it's just a continuation of the dumbing down yeah. of mm -hmm. society by relying on technology and AI. It's just <laughs> horrid. It is. It's bad. So, <laughs> but there'll be more about Chat GPT later in this episode. Oh boy! But uh, but okay. for now, this is the Campus Comics Cast. Uh, this is episode 151, and we are of course the official podcast for Muddy Monster Comics, located at 1422 Walnut Street in Murfreesboro, Illinois. And on this episode, we are going to talk to you about Clear, the Scott Snyder and uh, Francis Manipal. Francis Manipal. Manipal. Yep. Yep. Uh, Comicsology first uh, digital series, which is coming to print pretty soon. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to, after our last episode of previews, they're releasing an absolute edition of Superman for All Seasons. So we decided just to beat that to the punch and go ahead and talk about Superman for All uh, Seasons now. So I we're guess so we're topical. Guys, we are. So we're That's actually crazy. on it this time, right? <laughs> we're ahead of the game for once. Sort of? No, not really. I mean, Ish. we got AI, we got books that aren't out yet. So hey, that's something. <laughs> That is something. So, um, all right. So I've got a pseudo synopsis for clear. Um, and at any point you want to uh, stop me and comment on anything, but otherwise I'm just going to go through it and you can, uh, again, stop me at any point. Um, as, uh, as Shad said, written by Scott Snyder, art by Francis Manipole, uh, was on comiXology first. Um, I guess it was three issues. I don't even remember how many six. issues it was. Six? six. Okay. Was it six? I didn't remember. I didn't. Uh, I sure. read it as the combined, you know, digital. I did too, which was confusing because there were no breaks in it for mm -hmm. each issue, yeah. which threw me off completely. <laughs> yeah, it was. You could kind of, if you thought about it, you could kind of see where the breaks were. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it was. It would be nice to have that uh, the cover you know, and yeah, mm -hmm. exactly something along that line. So, but anyway, so this story is set in a somewhat, I'll say, a somewhat dystopian future, where basically everybody has a built-in wetworks that allows them to see their surroundings and the world with what they call a custom veil. Um, in this future, uh, shared filters are basically outlawed uh, because in the past, 
They have caused mass panics, mass suicide uh, situations for people having the kind of like the same mass hysteria as a result. But despite that, there is this black market that exists for these shared filters or shared veils. So in this world, we have our protagonist, Sam Dunes, who views the world in clear, which is where the title of the book comes from. So in other words, he doesn't apply a filter to anything that he sees. He works as a private investigator, and he is currently on a case where he's trying to determine if a husband is cheating on his wife uh, by basically buying black market filters so that he can, you know, kind of see her in a different way, see the world in a different way, see their how they exist in a, in a different way. So as if she's not good enough for him. Um, now, just a little back history on the character. Our protagonist's son was killed in an automobile automobile accident when a shared veil that was actually created by his wife, Kendra, uh, causes his vision to be blocked while he's driving. And the result of the crash is that his son's neck gets slashed and he bleeds to death. Now, we don't actually see that occur. It's just something that we're told uh, through the course of the story. Sometime after this, and I think it's much later after this, um, Sam Dune's wife appears to kill herself uh, by jumping off of a bridge. Later, you know, when I guess when he's collecting her belongings, Dunes receives a watch um, that has, I don't remember what the connection was to his wife, but the key piece of to this watch is on the back, it is scratched, I was murdered, which then sends Dunes into this investigation into figuring out what's going on. So, well, if I, rem- if I yeah. remember right, watches like that was an antique watch, and the mm-hmm. older the thing is, the harder it is yes. to veil. Yeah. And so that was the purpose of giving him was the orig- watch specifically. Yeah. yeah, it was originally a gift from him to her when she got a promotion or something. Okay. And she sent it back with a message and something else I'm sure we'll get to. Right. So anyway, so the basic, the rest of the story is Dune, Dunes uncovers this conspiracy that involves his wife, this rogue gang of black market veil sellers and the queen of these shared veils known as the widow um, with the ultimate goal of being for everyone to have this shared experience. I didn't want to kind of give it all away kind of in the, in the synopsis, but this shared um, experience, which is actually kind of the point where the book ends, right? So our, for our, for our six issues. So, all right. So what are your, Mike, what are some of your thoughts on this book? Uh, it was one of those books where you have to read it twice. I, I mean, it's, it's Scott Snyder and Scott Snyder. Sometimes his, it can be convoluted, but he's, I, I think he's just smarter than I am. So <laughs> I need to read. Uh, he, he's had longer to think about it than me. So, <laughs> right, um, you go. so I, at first I was like, what? What the, what the heck is this? What's that? No, okay, wait, let me go back. Now, no, just read it all the way through to the end. And then when I got done, I started over. And mm-hmm. then I the second reading was so much more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I understand, I understood better, which I kind of did from the beginning, what the social commentary was. Mm-hmm. Uh, this isn't that far of a distant scenario in the future. It's sort of a spinoff of the... Uh, we believe what we're told or our, we what our census tells us isn't necessarily the truth. Um, what our what we hear, what we see, this just takes it to another extreme where we're hardwired into 
a system that you can actually purchase those preferred realities. It's like VR or augmented mm -hmm. reality. Um, and I thought the premise was excellent. Then the noir feeling to the book was really good. Um, yeah, I, I, overall, I really did enjoy it. Uh, and it's, it's probably even a triple read once I get done or, you know, at, at some point when I, I, there's only a couple things I'm still not sure about, but we'll get to them as we go is, through it. Is neon noir a term? <laughs> I think neo noir. Yeah, I think okay. so. Like, All I right. think like uh, like a noir book, but set into a, a future. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm thinking more of the coloring as opposed oh, okay. to new. Like so I'm steam, literally neon, right? Steampunk yeah. noir. <laughs> well, it's it's very Blade Runner, right? I mean, that's kind of yeah, same Blade thing Runner. in a way, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, I and the art. I mean, I mean, we haven't even got to Shad given his. So I'll stop right there. Are you Shad's yeah, overall okay. thoughts? Uh, my my big overall thought is, could they have shoehorned the word "clear" any more into this book? <laughs> I keep it on clear, and then it's bolded even to top it all off. It's like yeah. Jesus, we get it, we understand. Yeah, we're clear. <laughs> we're clear on that, Scott. We're yeah. clear. <laughs> Well, it's not like he's the only one. The, the main character is not the only one right. that views the world in clear. I yes. mean, this first yeah, yeah. person that he's right. working for, she views the world in clear, which I guess we're supposed to Mr. say that establishes a connection between them, yes. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, right. But, uh, but yeah, so it's not that unusual. Yeah, it's not it like he's a super unique. unique. But, I mean, just like anybody who thinks they're really unique, though, in the real world, they got to mm -hmm. talk about it all the time. Be like, look at how cool I am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I I mean I I did dig the story. Um, there were some there were some parts of it where I was like, eh, it's it's okay. Um, the the clue trail was great, and I I liked how the story came together, you know, piecing together because it didn't give you everything on Front Street. Even the story at the very beginning was, uh, I heard the story from this kid or this joke mm -hmm. from this kid. Didn't say that this is my kid that died or anything like that. It was just, right. I heard the story. And so and that was exactly, I was, did the same thing you did, Mike, where I finished the book and then I started right at the beginning again. It was like, I know that the story was told already again, cause it kind of bookends mm -hmm. with that, with that joke or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I went back and I was like, where, how far into it? I was like, Oh no, that's the first page. First panel is <laughs> I, I, this kid told me the story not too long ago, kind of a thing. So I, I agree. And I, I, I definitely liked all the pieces came together. Um, there's something about it that I didn't love, but I can't really put my finger on it just yet. But yeah, I, I wish was... I could articulate that better too. There was something I didn't, I, of course I've got a little bit of bias against Scott Snyder and the way he wrote justice league. I, mm. but this was much better than that. I just, but still, I it's something nagging, but if I can't explain it, then I don't have a right to say it, I guess. You, well, part of it is, the storytelling, and I don't know if that's Scott Snyder's writing or Francis Manipole's artistic, you know, storytelling, but there were pieces that are tough to follow. And like, for example, all right, so his wife that he was married to, Kendra, she's the at the very at the very beginning, as that joke is being told yeah. initially, we see her making mm -hmm. the walk up this uh, yes. bridge, okay, and she. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she jumps off the bridge, right? And mm -hmm. then, of course, the next thing, they're going to the morgue. Sam Dunes is viewing her body, identifying her, even though that's not mm -hmm. the purpose of his visit. Then I'm flipping back through the book, and it's like, 
how does she come back? I was like, where was that point where she gets reintroduced into the story? It's, how do they explain how that happened? And it's like flipping through it. I can't even find that. Right? I only make I only can make the assumption that because her intention by the last chapter of the story, it, it's explained that she was really jumping in to find the widow. She was. And then you're right there when we talk. When, so but it still doesn't explain why was she dead in the morgue? Oh, you're right. You're yeah. Right. OK, so it's like, how did that's, she come back? Maybe that's the nagging thing. I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other yeah, part, right. <laughs> the other nagging thing is. Why do they have to put the hell? Why do they have to have any kind of clear? Why is there money involved? Why do you have to? Why does it cost to have a setting on clear? Why? Because yeah. it even costs to be on clear. <laughs> and and why do you have to wear this helmet? Like all there was a lot of like unexplained yes. necessities there's a, to the there's story. a lot of world building that we don't get the explanation yeah. for the world. And you kind of just have to bold. suspend that mm-hmm. be- belief and just yeah. kind of roll with it, which is what I did reading it. But there was yeah. a little bit of that. Yeah, I guess just nagging feeling to it. <laughs> well, and then like one of the problems that I have is, you know, they make this big deal about the older things are, the yeah. more difficult it is to veil them. Mm-hmm. All right. If you've ever messed with any type of VR or augmented reality, the age of something does makes zero difference mm-hmm. in how tough it is to augment or 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 hide with virtual reality. Yeah. You're just putting little filters and isometric maps over the top of an object, right? And if you couldn't do it on the actual object, you build those isometric shapes outside of the object to build the thing. So it's like that makes zero sense. So, you know, it that's a little nitpicky thing, right? But it is mm-hmm. just enough. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. Why, why are you, of all the things to focus in on, you know? I, yeah. Yeah. You wanted to have George like, Washington. It was like I was, there, that was okay. just, it's like that was just a plot device mm-hmm. to introduce the watch. The watch, yes. Or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it's this whatever this technology is. What is it? Who is it that said any technology sufficiently advanced is considered magic? You know, that kind of mm-hmm. misquoting mm-hmm. of that quote. And I guess we're just supposed to it kind of accept it as that. So. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, now I'm kind of stuck on that whole morgue thing. I'm, yeah. I'm just like, I can't get <laughs> off my mind off yeah. of it. There so, is one other piece in, in I don't know which chapter, but they mentioned a guy named Bruce. Who the heck is Bruce? Now that I don't remember. I don't uh, we'll remember have to, Bruce. Either. Yeah, we need to make we need to make some notes and then reread it a third time because right. I've read it twice as well, right? <laughs> read it a third time to figure out. All I can think now is they call me Bruce that movie, you know, and that was out of line. I will back, tell you so. one of my favorite parts though was when he goes to the underground, the the black market, and mm-hmm. they shoot him. And the the chemical or whatever or the whatever they they inject him with that makes him think that he's dying or uh, mm-hmm. and and gives him that like I thought that was a really cool thing that they did in the way that they explained the DMT and mm-hmm. and uh, I was like well that's that was a really cool way to you you see somebody's life flash before their eyes and that's how you get a sense of who they are and whether they're safe or what their intentions are behind everything what kind of person they are. And I was like, well, that was, that was probably the highlight for me of the whole story was like that concept of being able to, you know, uh, enact those, those brain chemicals uh, in order to kind of check somebody out and see if they're cool. Yeah. Or not. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's a, some of that is derived from a real chemical or real science Yeah, yeah, yeah. that 
that there are theories that that is what causes the out of body experiences that people mm-hmm. talk about. What about the okay? So at, at a point, we have he's attacked by his doppelganger, which is kind of referred to as the yellow eyed man. And that's yes. another part where I got a little confused. Yeah. Well, because that character appears multiple times. Once, like very, the first time he appears, he's with that scientist around George the George Washington, Washington tree. Yeah. And he yeah. first he appears as a scientist and then he appears as George Washington with his axe. Right. Yeah. So I am taking that to be that he is somebody who can manipulate this tech that's in everybody right. to uh, be viewed as it is that he yeah. wants to be viewed because you know, that happens again to Sam later on where Sam sees himself, right? But if Sam's on clear, then why is he seeing a veil? It has to be because somebody somebody has control it somehow. over yeah. that. Forced the shared oh, veil yes. to say, mm-hmm. this is what I look like even to you. Uh, to you yeah. So everything. And is it always his wife? Is it is it always his wife who is the yellow-eyed person? Because she is at the end. Oh, could be. Oh. You know, I was I was just looking at those. Now that you say that, I think there might be some like dialogue that implies that at the end. Because yeah. she she reveals her true self at the end, mm-hmm. and and it's it's her uh, yeah. that is the yellow eyed man. Then, so presumably she's had that tech the whole time, and she's the one who's doing all of it. Because we know that she's worked on this tech, because that's yes. one of the first places he goes is to. You know, where he sees the scientist with the tree and knows about that. So what do you know what page that was on that you're talking about? Where the reveal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm real close. It is. I'm in the 120s right now. It is. Yeah, it's 124. 124. OK, but she's not yellow eyed. There is she. Well, if you see on 123 in the background, when the the millionaires got the gun on uh, what's his face? Sam's oh, chin. Okay. Yeah. The veil is is kind of disappearing and then on the next page it's revealed to be her It's revealed to be her right okay yes so i guess so and i guess if maybe that explains how she can appear in the morgue to everybody if she can control everybody else's veil right so they're seeing whatever yeah whatever you're right this is gonna have to be read again now that we're talking about this (laughs) because maybe the three of us together can figure (laughs) figure out what's going on inside of the story you're 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 providing the editor note editor notes that's right in the comic that we needed (laughs) say remember back in issue two yeah Yeah. that's this (laughs) yeah so now i think i'm and you know you just and then of course that means that any character at any time during this could have actually been Kendra, you know. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. But so, I'm I'm still struggling a little bit with the motivation. I mean, there was the one scene where, when we had the look-alike Sam mm-hmm. trying to kill him. Yep. I mean, was she going to that great length to see if he's really on board with her? You know, with her, you know, her her end-all motivation. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe she just was. Maybe she was just pushing him as far. She doesn't kill him, so who no, knows? No, yeah, no. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. I mean, um, there was so like she does this explanation about because okay, so at one point what we learn is that the reason why Sam is always on clear because he did use a black market veil one time mm-hmm. and he went to experience the world as if his son had lived. Yes, right. So, and I'm think it's on her death scene where she's where Ken. Okay, spoilers. Of course, I guess we should always say spoilers. 
where Kendra is there uh, dying. He's and let me see if I can, I just saw it. I'm trying to flip back to it and find it again. Um, where he she basically explains that whatever he she found him whenever he was under the control of that yes. veil. And that's kind of what caused her to leave and to start doing what it was that she was doing. Um, I don't know. You guys keep talking, but. Uh, yeah, I remember what you're talking about. I'm assuming that she realized how much a veil could consume someone. Mm-hmm. And with that, because her the whole plan is to is to remove all the veils and even the the base veil of everything for everyone to see what is true right like that mm-hmm. is that's her plan is to destroy yes, that's everything. her end run yeah. yeah but that's not what she initially shows because it starts with the sh- the veil that sam experienced and here 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 it is so she says i'm so sorry sam truly but when i came to you for help and i saw you lost in that black veil with baxter and me saw you so so happy i shook you sam i screamed in your ear but you pushed me away all you wanted was to stay in there to die in there. So that was kind of mm-hmm. like what set her off on this course was Sam's experience with that black market veil. Mm-hmm. So. so, yeah. Anyway, well, I've, I'm I glad found... we're talking about this because my grade as we talk about this is going up and up and up and up. Same. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, it was it was up and then it was down again. And when we were all agreeing, oh wait a second, what is that? But now as we're figuring things out jointly, yeah. it takes three brains to to crack open the uh, the Scott Snyder mysteries. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but on I'm okay. I found the reference to Bruce, which really bugged me. Okay. Um, what page was it on? On page sixty-eight. It's Way when it's when Sam. It might. I guess you'd say it's around the end of issue two, maybe beginning of issue three. And Sam's at Petal Matters' big, rich estate, mm-hmm. and you know he's he's there. Uh, there, you know she's she's basically telling him that um, you know that she's kind of on his side, you know, and her husband is the guy that owns the server farm. Mm-hmm. Um, but and this wh- is also, by the way, the couple that Sam Dunes is investigating in the beginning. She's the one that paid him to find out if her this her husband is the one is buying these black market veils. Okay, I'm on that page and I don't see Bruce just or Bruce. I mean, it's okay. So it's the top. I mean, it's two panels, but it's their continuation panels. So it's the middle panel. It's where uh, she says, "Well, I can't tell where the word balloons are pointing." Anyway, she says just before she died, she said she'd found a way to. She said just about. She she said, she, she said she was just about done, and would show it to me when it was ready. But she was scared, Sam. She said he was after her, the man with yellow eyes. Before I could ask more, she was just gone. So I paid someone to masquerade as Bruce and hired you. Is Bruce her husband? Or uh, no. Bruce is I I think Bruce her. is Detective Collins. Oh, I bet that I, is. Yeah. I think that it's oh, the okay. detective who brings him to the morgue. Yes. And okay. everything. Right. I think that that's I think that they never say that his name is Bruce, but mm-hmm. reading the context, you know, skipping ahead yeah. back to issue 1, he just calls him Collins or Detective Collins, but yeah. I I'm betting that's Bruce Collins. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mark Matters is her husband. 
Yes. Oh, you're right. Okay. Yeah. I'm terrible with names and reading like, you know, if it's a superhero name and I read enough issues of it, yeah, I'm going to remember their name. But like these <laughs> solo, these stories are kind of yeah. like one and dones, you know, it's right. like I just remember characters and appearances and not so much names. So <laughs> yeah. I agree also with Chad that I like that chapter with, uh, you know, him infiltrating the 1518 gang that create those black market, yeah. black market veils. Um, that was cool. The the issue where he the, the chase scene when he's on his motorcycle, I thought it was a little bit far fetched, even for a comic for him <laughs> to be ramping over these cars. But, you know, it, well, this is, you know, yeah, don't forget that he was injected with something that was causing him to see things differently. Right. Whatever that. So maybe so. it's an unreliable narrative type of uh, yeah. situation. Yeah. So True. you could you can, you know, make it more realistic that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Uh, I don't know. I, you guys have any other comments on this? Um, you know, again, I think part of the frustration for me is that, you know, Scott Snyder was a little heavy handed in the delivery um, of the concept. I think it would have been better received by me if it was a little bit more straightforward. I just need a little more handholding when I read my, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> narratives like this. Um I I'd still, though, I, I do like the whole concept. I like the social relevance when you have we're such a tech infiltrated society um, and Manipul, this guy, he I've never been a, I've never read a whole lot of stories just for his art. I know I've read things that he whether it be the Legion or Batman or whatever, but he really shined in this story in these books. Um I think the way he overlaid these uh, different veils, I thought was mm. had to be somewhat difficult. But uh, those would be cool pages of original art to own. Some of those yes. pages. Yeah, yeah. Overall, it's it's something you you you're not necessarily rereading just because you want that good feeling you had the first, second, and third time. You're rereading because you're, you're discovering new things mm-hmm. each time. Mm-hmm. So. That's my final thoughts on it. And Francis Manipal did the colors as well. I thought he just did oh, okay. art, he did oh, art yeah. and colors. So double um, kudos yeah. to him on that. Yeah. It, this this kind of story in the wrong hands could definitely, artwork wise, could could take a, mm-hmm. a downward spin. Mm-hmm. But it it definitely lifted it up for sure. All right. Who wants to grade it first? Um, I'll grade it. I okay. I changed mine. Uh, okay. I I was originally going to give it a 7.0, uh, but I I bumped it up just a little bit to a 7.5, very fine minus. I uh, I don't think this is something I would I would revisit over and over again. But I don't know if if there was a clear volume two, would I explore it? If it was on Comicsology, you know, as this one is, yeah, probably. If there's no additional you know money that goes into picking it up. But it's not something I want to own. It's not something that I'd I'd, I'd want to like you're, have in you're my You're adopting the Scott Reed grading. Style. I am a little bit. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> it makes sense. It's it's great. It's great logic, really. It is. It is. Well, I started on my. What I have written down is a fine 6.0, and I'm going to go to a seven. So that fine, very fine 7.0 grade is what I'm going to give it. I I I think I'm going to try to read it one more time. And of course, I've said that before and not 
read it again. <laughs> but uh, I, but I also I don't think this is something that I would want to own and put on my shelf or anything like that. Um, but I, I I think I would like to you know figure out some of these pieces that I didn't quite get the first two times through and i really don't know that you should have to work that hard at a comic to understand it's it sometimes is a little bit too much work but i'll if i can you know put in a little extra effort maybe i'll I'll like it a little better but i'm i'm riding at that fine very fine right now yeah i'm I'm right there with you scott 7.0 uh i might have started a little bit i probably started there and went lower and then went higher again <laughs> just because of the revelations. But I, I, I like, I mean, the payoff sometimes is good um, to have to work for something, but then again, life is so short. Sometimes you're like, I got so many things I want to read. I don't want to have to reread this. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's one reason I've never reread final crisis because Morrison sometimes just totally his references sometimes are like, well, you got to do a complete research paper to figure out what book he's pulling from from the 1950s but this wasn't that bad but it was um it was a little bit more it wasn't light reading and that's okay it's more me it's it's me scott snyder not you um (laughs) well the one thing about it is it's self-contained right so there isn't any other thing that you have to go for for information if it's not here in this story it doesn't exist yeah right? so <laughs> yeah I, I i can't complain and, and I'm, I'm not like you i might i might read it again just to um just to have that full grasp and i don't know just feel better good about myself that i finally understood it <laughs> <laughs> two uh, reads in a discussion is is all a book should have to have at the most right <laughs> <laughs> that's what it took <laughs> All right, so I guess let's uh, let's just move on to uh, our other book, um, the four issue series, uh, Superman for All Seasons. Now it's not Superman colon for all seasons. It literally is just Superman for all seasons, right? Did anybody did anybody look at uh, on there? It depends on where you're looking at in the DC Universe app because the headline for it is Superman colon for all seasons, but the book title in the exact same <laughs> thing on the exact same page says. No colon. So no colon. I don't yeah. Know. Okay. All right. Yeah, it, we don't know the answer. It looks like a comma, but it's actually Superman registered trademark. <laughs> yes. For all seasons. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, if you look at the covers, it's Superman all capitalized and then subtitle for all seasons, which makes me think it probably actually is Superman colon for all seasons. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but uh, okay. You're going to have to bear with me for just a few minutes here. <laughs> all right. Oops. Okay. okay. So, yes, you can bear with me for 53 minutes so far. You got to bear with me a little bit longer, right? So, <laughs> so I, I dropped my little chat GPT thing in. So I thought, hmm, I wonder. <laughs> so I jumped on chat GPT and I said, this was my prompt to the service, okay? <clears throat> Summarize the 1998 comic book series, Superman for All Seasons by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. That's the prompt. Now, it took me three or four prompts to get it to give me this thing, because the first three times it told me I'm not familiar with the comic book series Superman for All Seasons. Maybe it was produced after 2021 where my data ends. Okay, I won't read all that. But I finally, through that prompt that I just uh, did, uh, got this not quite brief, but 
Um, uh, here's here's uh, so I think you'll get a kick out of this, especially when we get to the third and fourth issue, uh, because I think uh, Chat GPT gets some of his facts mixed up. So, <clears throat> all right, so here we here we go. So, Superman for All Seasons is a four issue comic book limited series published by DC Comics in 1998, written by Jeff Loeb and illustrated by Tim Sale. This series explores the early days of Clark Kent's life as Superman and how he learns to cope with his powers and responsibilities. The first issue, Spring, is set in Smallville, Kansas, where Clark Kent is growing up. The story explores his relationship with his parents, particularly his father, as he struggles to understand his powers and place in the world. Okay. Okay, so far, right? Yeah. 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 I'm, great job. Great job, Scott. That's wait, no, well, th- great job, chat GPT. I know. <laughs> GPT, right? Okay. All right. <clears throat> the second issue, Summer, takes place in Metropolis, where Clark has just moved to start his career as a reporter at the Daily Planet. He is trying to figure out how to use his powers for good and how to balance his personal and professional lives. This story also focuses on his relationship with Lois Lane. Now, okay, this is me talking a little bit, not quite as close, because obviously the story is told from Lois Lane's perspective. And, and mm-hmm. but I mean, it's not out of the realm of a synopsis. Okay, so here we go. Third issue, Fall takes place in Gotham City, where Clark <laughs> teams up with Batman to stop what? a dangerous criminal. The story explores Clark's relationship with Batman and how the two heroes have different approaches to fighting crime. Talk about un- <laughs> talk about unreliable narrator. Huh? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. All right. So the fourth and final issue winner takes place in the Arctic where Clark is reflecting on his life as Superman and how he's used his powers. He's also dealing with a crisis that threatens the people he cares about. The story also explores Clark's relationship with his Kryptonian heritage. (laughs) The series is notable for its introspective and character-driven storytelling, as well as its detailed and realistic art by Tim Sale. It is widely considered as a classic Superman story praised for its emotional depth and for showcasing the human side of the Superman character. (laughs) Well, other than just being factually wrong in yes. the third in fall and winter, mm-hmm. it actually it, it has the overall description down pretty well. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, so fifty percent. It got fifty percent of the right. summer, yeah. right? Okay, all right. So, uh, so anyway, for those of you who are considering using Chat GPT to determine homework assignments, uh, you might here's get a fifty percent. Yeah, you might be getting a fifty percent on your uh, on your reports, right? I just think what happened. Yeah, I think what happened is. I I feel like those last two issues especially are all-star Superman synopsis, not oh you think okay. they kind of they, I haven't read it in a while. That. Yeah. It kind of feels like All-Star mm-hmm. Superman getting confused with Superman for all seasons. So <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Uh uh Mike, would you like to uh clarify the mistakes? In Chat GP's summaries, so specifically the third and the fourth issue, but as many of those mistakes as well, you would like to clarify. <laughs> I don't know if everyone would agree, but my source of Wikipedia is probably more reliable. At least probably. Some, my my source for for the you know for all the synopsis, but I'll just read fall and well I'll do. I, I mean, unless somebody else wants to do winter, I'll, I can do both. But you can do you both. Have, yeah, yeah, go right, right ahead. So fall to correct chat gpt what's the gpt stand for you i'll look that up you go <laughs> okay narrated by lex luther and that was a key that's one of the key elements of the overall story each mm-hmm. chapter each book is narrated by uh an important character in the superman mythos so narrated by Lu- lex luther he considers his control of metropolis a love story between man and city 
Uh, after spending a night in jail, Luther plans revenge on Superman. He brainwashes Vaughn with images of Superman, declaring her, declaring her biochemical expertise will prove useful. At the Daily Planet, Clark watches helplessly as Lois and everyone in the building falls unconscious. As Superman, he races through Metropolis to find the entire city afflicted and stops a runaway train. Kind of a disjointed connection there in that narration. Uh, at Star Labs, Professor Crosby informs Superman the city has been struck by a mysterious airborne virus. He confronts Luther, quarantine in his skyscraper, and is forced to ask for his help. Luther presents Vaughn, transformed into Toxin. She's the 90s-looking character that's the tragic villain here. Toxin and Superman seed the clouds above Metropolis with chemicals, and the antidote rains down, curing the city. But Toxin succumbs from overexposure to the virus and dies in Superman's arms when they return to LexCorp. Luther convinces Superman that he is not enough to save everyone, and Clark retu- returns to Smallville. Somewhat dejected, I might add. Yes. Um, uh, do you want to comment G- on three? GPT yeah. stands okay. for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. So the oh. so it's a chat generative pre-trained transformer. So it's basically okay. a chat bot that uses AI to answer your questions. So, but there you go. Okay. <laughs> well, we didn't really give comments on the first two chapters, so I'll no. go ahead and do winter, and then we'll go give overall comments. Sure. Um, so the winter chapter, narrated by Lana Lang, um, she reveals that she was in love with Clark, but the revelation of his powers and his departure to help save the world ended her dreams of a life with him. In Metropolis, Luther regains his power over the city, and Lois ponders the disappearance of Superman and Clark's absence. In Smallville, Clark reunites with Lana and Pete, who chastises them for having ended up back home. Lana has dinner with the Kents when news comes of a flood. With Lana's blessing, Clark sets out a Superman to rescue the town, damming the flood, and Lana, Lana and the Kents are swept away, but Superman arrives in the nick of time. He returns to Metropolis, infuriating Lois with a front-page story and Luther (laughs) with Superman's reappearance as Lana finds peace with a new life in Smallville. Okay, my first question for you, Mike, is when is Lana Lang introduced? How old of a character is she in relation to Superman? She's a lot later. No, no. She wasn't in Action Comics number one. No, 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 no. She was was later. um, I, I... because Lois was there from time. Action Comics one, right? Right, she was. Yeah. Okay. Lana might have been. She might have been introduced in Superboy number ten in nineteen fifty. So yeah. So was that? I would guess eleven Superboy. years, twelve years, thirty, thirty-nine. Years Superman? After his introduction, thirty-eight. Yeah. Superman. Okay, all right. Thirty-eight was Superman. Um, yeah, that's when she. Okay, so that, that makes sense, but uh, it was, you know, mostly to to be the teen love interest of mm-hmm. of superboy right why well, is uh, the reason why after reading this story you know there a lot of times in comics you have those debates like okay spider-man is it mary jane or gwen mm-hmm. you know is it so this story makes me think you know if is it should clark be with lois or should clark be with lana Right. Like Betty or Ver- Archie and Betty, Betty or, yeah, Veronica, Archie, yeah. Betty or Veronica, that type of yeah. <laughs> team exactly. Betty, Team Veronica, Team Lana, exactly. Team Lois, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like literally yeah. this, you know, the how the character is used in this story. It's like there's an argument there for should oh, should yeah. Lana be Clark's true love versus Lois being yeah. Clark's true love. So yeah. And I think if this story had come along a lot earlier, 
I think that would be UBC in like the lowest or the Lana Clark wedding, you know, that sure. was done in the 80s and 90s as opposed right. to the lowest, you know, uh, Clark wedding that we had. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> so we want, yeah, we want to talk overall and then get, yeah, we'll talk get into more notes. Yeah. So I guess uh, we should say since you yeah. mentioned that three and four, right, where three was narrated by Lex and four was uh, narrated by Lana. Issue one is narrated by Paw Kent. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And issue two is narrated by Lois. Yes. Uh, so it's never like necessarily Superman's Clark's voice telling the story. He's just the focus of the story, but not right. actually yeah. the perspective yeah. from that. These stories are being told from. Yes. Which is interesting. And like in specifically the spring in, in issue one, I had a lot. Of, I started like getting a lot of like questions and like this doesn't feel right or feels a little weird and just a way everything goes through and by the time I I finished it and I thought about it for a while and kind of read read it, I was like, okay, is this because it's told through Pa Kent's perspective? Is like the uh the uh, him developing all of his powers within like weeks, you know, it, it kind of <laughs> felt like he was an eighteen year old witch, like she turned eighteen and now she can cast spells <laughs> and stuff. Like it kind of felt in that way and I'm sure from a Superman from Clark's perspective, he's like, I've been going through this for you know, all of my life, but yep. for for his dad, it it's just like, oh, it just started sprouting up. And mm-hmm. like the way the reaction that everyone has to him being Superman is very calm or blase, very you know, nonchalant. <laughs> and like that has that's from a from the the dad who reacted and blew up to it, but has some perspective on it five years later and goes, Oh yeah, I took that just fine. I, yeah. I, I <laughs> yeah, reacted right. with no big deal. Oh, yeah. yeah. In the telling later, it's, it's much, but that, yeah. that's easily my favorite chapter was the first issue. And almost entirely because it was narrated by Jonathan Kent, Paul Kent. Yeah. Um, I thought he, Jeff Loeb captured that father's, Hit, you know, hidden anxiety because he's hiding it to protect his kid, you know, because, you know, the kid, you don't, you don't want your kid to see you stressing out, mm-hmm. but you know, he had to be stressed. And, and just the use of his farming metaphors is just so, so great. Um, like he said, uh, sometimes when the corn was planted, it shot up too soon. <laughs> said Paul. The, the roots hadn't taken hold. So the stock couldn't support its own weight. The corn, the corn would turn sour. Uh, and he's saying, I don't know if Clark knew how lucky he was growing up in a place like Smallville. So in other words, he got a chance to grow up gradually and not get yeah. thrown feet first into saving the world every day. And but it's true. And just in a really folksy way. Right. Yeah. It's probably the one that has the best perspective because I kind of feel like there isn't there isn't a real big change in the voice in each issue, even though the narrator is different, like the way it's written is like, it's not, well, I don't really feel like Lois is telling me the story. It's just that the word bubble tells me it's Lois telling the story. Yeah. For the (laughs) other three, I believe that. That, Yeah. But, but yeah, the John Kent one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can almost, I I think there's a a pretty, there's also a decent difference in issue three where we're getting it from Luther's perspective a little bit. So maybe it's the male writer on the, on maybe writing for men a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That could be (laughs) that. I don't know what's up with this kid though that likes to hang out on the roofs. Like I, I had like, that down too. It drives me nuts. <laughs> and it's not just the roof. Oh yeah, what it's the what, edge? It's the edge. Yeah. Edges of the He's got his bicycle out here. here. I mean, yeah, these this kid's parents need to be locked up. <laughs> Holy crap! 
That drove me nuts for the entire series. <laughs> Facing a cat on the ledge of a, of a skyscraper. Yes, yes. It's like, who's letting this kid run around? <laughs> and evidently he's riding his bike on it because there was a bike trail. Like when it was snowing, yes, there was yeah. a track where his tire had been yeah, on there. Mean, you don't see very many skyscrapers, I think, with a ledge wide enough for somebody to ride their bike right, on. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't realize this. Uh, in 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 the summer chapter, uh, does Lois actually give Superman the name Superman in in canon, or is that just is that from her perspective she gave it because that's that's her well, telling that story? It had to be. It was it was in one of the first or second issue of Action Comics. I'm almost sure, <laughs> and I don't know if it was her exactly because she's like her Scott or Perry, Fletch, right? It was, it was probably her or Perry. Yeah. Um, and it was probably super, uh, more like an adjective, this super space man, you know, super. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, it's funny because I've been rereading, I'm on probably action comics, 24, 25 now rereading the old golden age. I don't, but I haven't kept track of the first appearances of every little thing. Okay. So it would be interesting to go back and see who gave, you know, who gave him that, um, that name maybe it was just printed in the paper and that's all you've seen mm. so well i'm just going to tell you that chat gpt does not have the answer to that oh my question gosh. so okay you're obsessed with this <laughs> no it's just it's just my running theme for this episode <laughs> you're gonna be yeah he basically chat gp says it's jerry siegel and joe schuster if you want to know who gave him the name <laughs> yeah oh. yeah Okay, well, that, technically that, that's right. Um, but, yeah, it's like who in the comics gave him the name? So, evidently, yeah. according to I don't. This is the origin of Superman on Wikipedia. It is John Kent that actually called him Superman. Okay, nice. That his father calls Clark a Superman, inspiring the use of the name. Does okay. he give an issue number as a reference? Uh, sixty-one. Oh, Superman 61 or Superman 61? 60, Superman 61. Really? Okay. Hmm. But so that's a retroactive. Yes, a retcon. Naming, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to look at the yeah the 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 ref or the citation on that on Wikipedia. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, all the chapters were really good. I, I thought the mm -hmm. art was just phenomenal. I I honestly liked Tim Sale's art here better than the long halloween even though it was good in its own way this was yeah. a different style to it this yeah, was absolutely grand the way these double page spreads looked and just so crisp um you couldn't have come up with a better artist for this i don't think um frank quietly yeah. maybe in all-star mm -hmm. superman was good that way too um any i liked there was there's a little similarity between frank quietly and um tim sale in how superman is drawn really bulky but not ripped yeah you know, he's just i mean he just looks like he's thick he's, he's just thick yeah that was the, yes. the word i would describe it too <laughs> well that to me is a throwback to his original appearance yeah right you just know. barrel chested mm -hmm. um just big not not like super muscle upon muscle um and things like that uh i, I that last chapter reminds me of how great of a character lana lang is and underused mm -hmm. these, these days really mm -hmm. And maybe it's because she doesn't fit, you know, right now Superman's married and has a grown mm -hmm. kid. So yeah. it's not a character that in her original form 
would fit into modern day storytelling. They tried when some years ago, like in Rebirth, they gave her, I don't know if they gave her like electric powers. Oh, <laughs> kind of like this, elect, the, the electric blue Superman, blue Superman. something like mm-hmm. that. Maybe red, red electric power, something like that. But um, I, I, I'd say the only negative I have is that character toxin, not necessarily in the use, but just in the uh, the design. It was so, you know, the was it thigh high boots, and yeah. it was yeah. just straight out of the nineties. Uh, well, it's what two or three pages, you know, and mm-hmm. it, it's, it's such a small part of that story, you know, it's, yeah. it's not that, not that big of a deal. And it, this comic book was 1998, you know, right, so, yeah. you know, it's, it, it kind of fits right in. And it's, you can just argue that it's something gaudy that Lex Luthor would come up with. Sure. I mean, because you know, he was treating yeah. this, this woman as a throwaway, per, a throwaway piece. Well, she was, he brainwashed her. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. So, I did not realize that there is a portion of Lex Luthor that is inspired by Donald Trump and this being pretty clearly potentially one of those, but John Burns man of steel miniseries mm-hmm. was definitely that I was reading. I was, cause I, I was reading the, the Lex, you know, the Lexus issue. And I was like, man, the way they draw this, it really reminds me of mm-hmm. Donald Trump. And, mm-hmm. uh, so I kind of, I just typed it just to, you know, uh, Lex Luthor, Donald Trump, and then it went to John Burns' run, and I was like, "Oh, I did not yeah. put a lot that together, but it makes sense." A lot of times before that, he was more the mad scientist type, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then he becomes the rich in in that Man of Steel run, exactly. He becomes that oh yeah, rich. yeah. John Burns' Man of Steel yeah. was when he became more like the kingpin, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, the, the businessman, mm-hmm. the guy that has all the resources. Gets rid of the green and the purple suit. Gets you know, drops all yeah, that. Yeah, stuff. no more and, super yeah. suit. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's and that's kind of a cool. I like that personification of Luther, probably better than uh, the super suit even. So, um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, was, I, I like an issue too, where Lois is nosing around clark's desk and finds the letter that clark's sending yeah. home and he just has the initials ll and she yeah. thinks it's about him yeah <laughs> it's, it's kind of like the joke about all the superman characters that have ll for yeah initials. yeah lex Lang, Lang, Lois yeah. Lang, lex luther morris yeah I, I made a note of it because the way that's laid out it's perfect because she says how many people do you know with the initials ll <laughs> and then the next panel is uh is the lex core tower and it just yeah. says truth yeah, because he's getting ready to say truth, justice in the American way. Lexus, <laughs> but his first line is truth. Right after she says that, it's like truth. How many people do you know with well, the my, initials LL? My note was it, it reminded me of the uh, Carly Simon song. Uh, you're so vain. You're so vain. <laughs> you probably think this song is about you. Got you. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it's I man. I tell you what I. Oh, I didn't really confess this at the beginning, but it's my first reading of of this Same. of yeah. the series. Well, just... I I am I don't know if I had read this before or not. I when I suggested, I said, "Well, I'll reread it for us to mm-hmm. read." And I think I confused this story with All Star Superman, much like Chat GPT okay. did. Um, <laughs> Scott GPT. <laughs> yeah. So I I because I I don't know that I, it doesn't feel familiar. 
All right. Okay. I don't, I don't feel like I, I had read this before. So, um, I am, yeah, I'm definitely glad that, uh, we did read this. So there yeah, was I don't, I don't know if I read it before. Yeah. I, I'm, I just, when I was doing a little research, I found that, uh, this version of the character reappeared three times since the series ended and they were all in other Loeb sales stories. Uh, oh. first was a, a short story from Superman, Batman, Secret Files and Origins, 2003, which I don't think I have. And it was just basically depicting the first meeting of Bruce Wayne and Clark. Now, I wonder if that has anything to do with Chad GPT's yeah. confusion. Ah, but and then you had, if you remember those solo one shots from 04, um, there was like a Darwin Cook one. and Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know so there was a, one that uh, was just called Prom Night, which depicted Clark picking up Lana Lang as his prom date. And then finally, a short story in Superman Batman number 26 from 06 uh, entitled Sam's Story. And it's not Sam Dunes, but um, somebody <laughs> else named Sam. Superman recounts his friend from high school who died of cancer when he was very young. Again, these were all Loeb and sales. So mm-hmm. it definitely makes me want to go find those. Maybe they're on the DC app. Yeah, probably. And then now after this series, a few years later, Loeb and Sale did something similar at Marvel where they had the what I'll call the color stories. Yeah, right. Where they did Captain America white, they did Spider-Man blue, they did Hulk gray, and they did Daredevil yellow. Mm -hmm. And those are all very similar in style. Um, It is they are all, if I remember right, they are all narrated by the main character. Um, probably the best one is the daredevil one, the daredevil yellow. Cause basically he's, he, he, okay. And again, it's been a long time since I read him. I think he writes a letter to, um, um, Karen page who I think at that point was she dead. I may be, I I may be mixing a character dying and coming back. Well, no, no, but I mean, I don't know that. As far as I know, Karen Page has stayed dead so far. Oh, so but I don't remember when she died, when the when the the death would have been in the Kevin Smith run. Right. Yeah. And I think that was early 2000s and these came out in the mid 2000s. Yeah. So I I think. think, Yeah. Yeah. I think think she's dead and still dead. Um. So she, he, uh, Matt Murray wrote a letter to Karen and that's kind of like the, the basis for telling the story. So they're all kind of similar in that regard, but it's the same creative team. Yeah. Um, so anybody who liked this, if you want to see something similar on the Marvel side, you've got not one, but four choices in the cap story, the Spidey story, the Hulk story and the daredevil. And I think it's daredevil first, Spider-Man second. And I don't know where cap and cap is the last one. But I mean, as far as how years. good they are. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I don't yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm not for sure. I'm not for sure either. But the, if I, the, solo, the solo book that you were talking about, Mike, is on, it is for sure on DC Universe. It's issue one. They only have solo number one and solo number five on there. Uh, but they do have okay. the omnibus. If you have the ultimate, you can, you oh, can read. Okay. Uh, the the whole collection but uh, the solos have always been really hard to pick up digitally i know they've been real sparse yeah. over the years but this finally there's a finally a collection on, oh good because the only all. hard copy i think i've got the catwoman catwoman 
solo uh, by Darwin Cook. And that's number one. The Catwoman number is number okay. one. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. There is a, the solo deluxe edition, but that says it's Darwin Cook and Paul Pope. It's uh oh, it's all of them. Okay, it's yeah, all of Tim them. Yeah, Tim Sale and Jeff Loeb and yep. Diana Schultz. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it has it's, Tim Sale as the writer, even as a as a writer and a penciler. So I guess he's got something in there that he's mm-hmm. written in there. But yeah, I uh, I'll have to check that out too. It's weird. Is the deluxe edition on there that has all twelve issues, but they only singularly have two of the issues? Yes. Yep. Well, it's just recently. It's just recently that they add a lot of collected editions with uh-huh. your ultra subscription. Yeah. So it's with that. That. Uh, but new but that's deluxe. the thing. If they have it processed for the, uh, the depth right. of deluxe, then they should. They why? Yeah, I they, sometimes wonder why they list single issues and don't just whatever you have it all. It might be incentive. It might be teasers to get people to go from the regular tier to the next. I bet it is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to get I'm going to get that in the Marvel ones. Uh, Read those. Well, the uh, I I did. I I did like the artwork, uh, you know, sales artwork in this was a lot tighter for sure than his Batman. The Batman stuff almost feels like he's drawn it on black paper like it is. It's that dark, like it's almost Batman animated series, like the way, you know, when they were animating on black cells instead of on white cells. Uh, but I, I, I definitely dug it. It felt like it was almost watercolor colors to it. I know it wasn't mm-hmm. it, uh, but it, there were times when it was, just, it was so bright, so vibrant, so yeah, Easter uh, <laughs> to it. And uh, I really, I dug that a lot. Now that you have pointed out the the similarities there, the inspiration for Lex Luthor by John Byrne as being Donald Trump in the late 80s, I can't unsee that now. (laughs) Because Luthor has hair and it's not just, you know, it's kind of wispy and, you know, all Mm -hmm. over the place. So, yep. (laughs) All right. Well, we got to grade this one. Yeah, certainly. I'll go go first. All right. 8.5 very easily. Which Chad? is a very fine plus. I uh, I actually went up from this. Uh, I also, I raised on <laughs> raised on this one as well after talking about it. I'm at an 8.0, very fine. Uh, I, there was there wasn't a lot of meat to this, and that was that was where I wanted I wanted a little bit more. Uh, you know, through issue two, I didn't even know what the plot was for this. I felt like it was just a retelling <laughs> of an origin story, and then I felt you know three and four definitely had a little bit more of some structure to it. Uh, but I felt a little lost, like I was just kind of listening. I was felt like I was watch, uh, reading one of those little like eight page origin story things that they put out and and yeah. but just longer and in way better quality. Uh, <laughs> but writing and artwork was awesome. It was just took a little bit to get off the ground for me. Yeah, well, I'm at a, a very fine minus seven point five. Uh, it's not quite. And I think I think you hit it on it hit the you know, hit the nail on the head is just the fact that it's not substantial in any shape form or fashion it is just another pseudo origin story for superman which honestly is the best superman stories are the origin stories you know um so thus like man of steel you know the burn series that we talked about well it's a new origin story um those those are Again, it's, the best stories for Superman are his origin stories, which is why yeah. they can't ever do more than one or two good Superman movies at a time, you know? So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, I can't convince myself this is something that I should go put on the shelf. So that's why I've got it just below that threshold of 
where I think I feel like yeah. I need to buy it. Because I think if I gave it an eight, then I'd be obligated to go out and buy that absolute. <laughs> and I'm just not I'm not ready to spend that money on that just yet. So well, I, I you talk about putting it on the shelf. I've got what literally I call my top shelf comics on my top shelf of my bookcase. <laughs> I consider the premiere. This is probably second tier, um, not top yeah. shelf, but the second mm-hmm. to the top. And you guys are absolutely get making fair points about there it not being all that substantial and maybe that's a negative in some ways but for me it's like the palate cleanser after clear i'm like oh yeah you know absolutely i can breathe deeply and, and just feel the fresh air of smallville kansas um and not worry about whether i'm looking through a veil or is this real or not yeah. and mm-hmm. but it's it's sometimes everything everything's relative so when you read something before or after something else that's it has true. a bearing on on how you how you perceive or enjoy that next. Well, and it's like you were talking about the Snyder run on Justice League earlier, mm-hmm. right? And it was kind of like, why does every single six issue story arc have to focus on the end of the planet or the end of the universe? <laughs> yes. Why can't we tell something? And it's like you're a hundred percent right. I mean, this is the if you you know, it's like that well written story that's not the it's not flashy. But it's just well written, yeah. well drawn. You should be able to appreciate it. And I'm yeah. talking myself into actually buying the absolute and putting it on the shelf. <laughs> but I have I'm still not quite there yet. I'm like at halfway between that seven, five, yeah. and eight right now. I feel like so. as soon as I buy one of these, I have to like I I would want the whole Tim sale and yeah, you know, I would want that collection. I want the, the lobe oh. sale collection. Well, I wonder I wonder if the absolute will have in those other stories oh, that true. you mentioned. Yeah. I didn't oh, that, look to see yeah. what was going to be included in the absolute. That's true. But also, Chad's <laughs> talking about the Marvel ones too. So oh, yeah, 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 no, I want yeah. like are, I'm going to have to get Long Halloween, Dark Victory, The Win in Rome. I like. We, you know, we, the, there's no saving us. We are we talk ourselves into into these things by the end. Of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the end of the episode, would we like to do a CLZ shake before we shake it up. before we head out of this? So. Uh, so who wants to, who wants to go first? I got it open. Should I just go ahead? Go for it. Let's see if I can get the glare off of it. Oh, we have an X-Men book. Um, okay. So X, okay. So I've mentioned before that sometimes I pick up some books that have a quote unquote controversy, um, associated with them. So this is one of those controversy uh, books, um, and I'm actually going to re- I'll read the controversy out of it um, from Key Collector. All right, which is why, and this is just one I was I bought a collection, I was flipping through, I saw the quote unquote quant controversy, so I just set it aside, stuck it in my collection. I don't think if I ever go through and purge that this will actually stay in the collection. Okay. Um, but okay. And this is, yeah, let me just go ahead and find this here. So this is a parody issue of DC's invasion limited series. So Mike, (laughs) you would, you would appreciate that. Yeah. There are, there are cameo appearances of Chewbacca, Yoda, Jabba the Hutt, Boba the Fett, and alien Xenomorph, ET and Alf. Whoa. And then here's the quote unquote controversy of this one. Jean Grey appears full frontal nude in this issue, but it is at a slight distance. So that specific detail is absent. <laughs> <laughs> so 
it had the it uh, you know is one of those keys in key collector and again i was flipping through a collection i set it aside it's in the it's in the stuff it probably won't survive a purge but it's in there for now so yeah sort of a novelty key exactly yeah Yeah. like i i I like to collect those retland vermont's uh Mm -hmm. parades halloween parades or the like the characters in marvel comics Mm -hmm. Uh Yeah. The Green Lantern being drunk under the table and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, oh yeah, I got yeah. I remind him. Yeah, I seen that again uh, when I was putting filing away comics. And I'm like, why did I get this again? Oh, like, that's why. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so all right, so that was mine. Somebody next. Okay, I'll go. We didn't get to see it. No, my shakers broke. Your shaker. Oh no. There it goes. There goes. Okay. Uh, can you read? Flash. Flash. The Flash, Volume One. And this is, I can tell already, this is later. This is probably early 80s because it was when they were doing those eight-page, oh, this is the eight-page backup of uh, with Firestorm. And that was drawn by the um, ever-loving George Perez, his first published work at DC. Wow. Doing the Firestorm, Firestorm eight-pager. Um, yeah, because the Flash story was by Don Heck. And I probably barely read that. I went straight to the Firestorm uh, story <laughs> with George Perez. And it's, you know, he, I mean, he didn't take long because it wasn't long after this. This was Flash number 289, um, September of 1980. And uh, he's battling the sort of dual characters uh, of Mr. Element and Dr. Alchemy because they are really the same person. Um, yeah. And so it's, uh, I mean, I was in the late 80s or late 70s, early 80s. I was a teenager, young, you know, 13 or so, 14. So I was old enough to be making money and also old enough to be spending every dime I made on a comic book. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Chad. All right. My shaker's a little delayed as well. Ooh, this is the Horizon Zero Dawn Liberation issue four. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn being a video game. Video game. I was going to say, it's a video game tie-in, right? Yep. <laughs> yep. And uh, Liberation being the second story arc. Um, and, I mean, I, I really like the visual aspect of that video game. And so when they decided they were going to do a comic book uh, that was tied to the story and kind of bridging some gaps, uh, I was into it because I thought, well, you know, comic books is pretty visual medium. So mm-hmm. to be able to continue with that uh, and they didn't do bad. I mean, they were, it's just like any kind of video game tie in They're saving all the good, the good meat for the video game itself. And uh, they're just kind of telling a little side story, but side story, not, not too shabby. So which did the chicken or the egg come with you first, uh, Shad, the game or the comic books on on this and, and most of your other ones that are. Um, this one would have been the, the game I I played the game first and then, uh, and that's probably the way I'm not a big, like, let me buy the comic book and I'll see if I like it. And then I'll go play the game kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, though there are some games that I'm like, I'm never going to play that. But if I know that there's a comic book adaptation of the story and it seems interesting enough, I will read the comic book to bypass the 50 hours worth of gameplay that there is to it. (laughs) I go, I read the comic. That's good enough. Uh, Though I am, I am going to say, I am interested in the Last of Us game now that I have watched the first episode of the Last uh, of Us HBO Max series. So, which I'd never played the game. Yeah. And I think it's more FPS 
so I'm not really super going to be super into that. But I, I may don't know have what to, FPS means. That's me. First I person shooter. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, first person shooter. So, but again, I haven't played it, so I don't know for sure. And been... I played a little bit of it, uh, but it it I ended up you have to take care of the the little girl mm-hmm. at some point, and I was like, I'm not good at taking care of anything. I can barely keep a house plan <laughs> alive. So like, I'm 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 out. Those games where you have to like make sure somebody doesn't die are somebody not the kind of games die. to me. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's they, the type of game where I turned the difficulty all the way down. Because, like you were saying, I want I want the story, the story not yep. so much exactly the, the you know the fast twitch reflexes and make it as impossible as it is to get through. Exactly. And that's probably what I, I would do on that game is yeah. if I bought it, I'd turn the difficulty all the way down and and play it yeah. for the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm that way now too. My fast twitch muscles are not as good as they used to be. <laughs> you know, uh, so. But I don't. I mean, I had I'd seen this uh, advertised. I'd never played it. I haven't played a for, I haven't played a computer game in good gosh a long time. Um, but it really, when I hear you guys talk about it, especially first person shooters, that I, that's that was always my jam. I mean, Half Life and 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 you know um, Duke Nukem and Doom and all that stuff. I'm mean, really dating myself here. But uh, it's first even person like, where you don't see your body. You don't see yourself, right? Yeah, you just like your... a gun in front of you or okay, whatever. Yeah. Third so person I is think... over the shoulders, and then you have the isometric top yes. down, which is like the first Diablo where you're looking down over. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think I think it's I think that game is is a third person then would be like over the shoulder. Shoulders, like, yes. Yeah, I think uh, The Last of Us is is that. Well, let me let me look. I guess I could get a screenshot. Not that I'm didn't mean to completely derail. Oh, it's okay. The, uh, I think there's going to be a remaster of it coming out real soon. It's called. Yeah, it, so you could wait and get the real nice looking one. <laughs> like I did. Well, I had to wait for like the Spider-Man game. Oh yeah. Because it was a PlayStation exclusive, exclusive. for the longest time. Yeah. And then they remastered it uh, and released it on PC. So I'm looking for images now of Last of Us, and I all the images that I'm seeing are actually it's just like a it's not even a uh, third person. It's just like a regular, uh, like an adventure type. And of course, now it's all everything. Last of Us is flooded with the scenes from the TV show, right? Of course, the movie, and I'm probably just seeing like cutscene videos. So. Um, so yeah, it's it's hard it's hard mm-hmm. to say what it what it is exactly. So, all right. So uh, if you want to reach out to us, we now have the email address podcasts at bergcomics.com. All right, and then uh, otherwise, uh, Mike, if somebody actually, do we know where we're going next, Shad? We haven't even oh, talked about. Yes, it, we do. Oh, we do. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, episode one fifty two. We're going to be covering truth, red, white, and black. And Rachel Rising, Volume 1. That's right. All right. So, Mike, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, where would they do that at? Uh, well, the alternative to the uh, the, Berg, the podcast at bergcomics.com is um, if you want to send it directly to me. Um, doesn't matter either way. It's m.atchison90 at Gmail. Or you can reach me on Twitter at MikeAtchison5. Chad, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Shad Schubert, S-H-A-A-D-S-C-H-U-B-E-R. I don't know, Schubert, S-C-H-U-B-E-R-T. There we go. <laughs> and I'm Scott Reed. You can find me at bergcomics.com, B-U-R-G comics.com, which will have links to my social media eBay store. And we'll be back soon with Rachel Rising, which I'm particularly excited about. 
and that other story that's not quite as important. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk as you think. worst thing that they did was change that get rid of the app the app yeah i mean they lost probably a hundred dollars almost a month in sales on me because i would the way that everything was lined up so easily i just mm-hmm. anything that was on sale i was like oh i want that oh i want that mm-hmm. i yeah. bought so many books digitally that i will never probably read yeah <laughs> yeah i think you represent a lot of people that, yeah. it's they, so they, hard to navigate it now yeah it oh yeah uh, i gave up i don't I, I haven't bought it i mean the only books i buy digital now probably are direct from it's like small small press like scout mm-hmm. like they even buy their digital pdf straight from their website yeah. so i'm like oh yeah we'll just go there and or <laughs> kickstarter or yeah exactly you know, or something yeah. like that Humble Bundle, I've bought, I bought a couple things that yeah. way. Well, I don't know, I bought Nottingham for $1.97 on Comixology. Oh, did you? <laughs> I read it. Though, it was, it didn't panel by panel it. It basically took every page and broke it up into a quarter. Oh. And, yeah, so you're reading a quarter of the page at a time. It's like, That's well, if you want to read, it, I had to stop reading it by panel and just read yeah. the entire page. It was, it was really bad. That was a lazy man well, that's set up for the panel. Well, you're trying to save the, uh, you didn't want to damage the high value. Yes, that's what it was. I, well, I, I read it in bed, so I didn't have to have the lights on. There you go. So that's why, that's why I did it that way. Um, <laughs> you know that, that signed edition? Yes, that's actually right over there. By my, by my uh, Rocketeer statue. There we go. <laughs> and were there, so, were there, oh, uh, oh, okay. So Scott Sheens, I guess, is the, is the yeah. manager. And then it was in Sydney was, is where it, where the story yeah. is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty uh, proud of himself when I had him sign. Oh, I love it. Like, oh. And then he was like, you know how they do when it's like, <laughs> don't, you know, don't close this. It's don't close that yet, yeah. I got it with, I'm it with my Immortal Hulk director's edition that's signed from somebody in Australia as well. So. <laughs> hey, that, that, awesome. that was one of my favorite spots.